0: Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays Today podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick Today we have really, really good, good interview for you. Um, Dr. Tom Waller is on, and you know I live under a rock, right? Like <laughs> the people, I don't know how I don't know people, but I just discovered Tom. Am I allowed to say I discovered him, like I didn't know about him. That's what I mean. He had a very successful life prior to my discovery a couple of weeks ago. Um, but through the, what was it? The Ky- Millennial Cairo Summit by Elise Rigney. I was like trying to get the words in the right order. Um, that already happened. You can't do that. Maybe she'll do it again next year. But she had this crazy lineup of people. And I'm like, damn, she like, and so some of these people, I was like, who are these people? And I went like down the rabbit hole. And I was like, this man is so engaging and certain. And he's just got like a voice for podcasting and radio. Um, and so it's great, great episode. Um, but let's see, what do we have? Okay. So if you're listening to this, which you are, cause you're listening to it. Um, it means that my birthday has already happened. I'm not a birthday month person. I am more like a birthday week. Person, Actually, I don't know if I can say I'm not a birthday month. So poor Kirby this year. I was like, you know what? Why don't we buy a sauna this year in like November and we'll just like skip birthday presents and anniversary presents, both my birthday and anniversary in September and and Christmas. We'll just do like a sauna. And he's like, that sounds great. Okay. So from that decision point, I convinced him that we should go to Austin city limits Um, so we're doing that. I like squeeze that in. I justified a $200 like chemical peel, a $450 tattoo, um, a massage. What, there was another thing in there that was like, oops, that's good. Oh, my extensions were due. So another few hundred dollars (laughs) So in my birthday month where I was like, no gifts, no gifts. Um, Yep. I, I got myself some gifts. That's for sure. Now what do you, what are you going to do? I'm a high maintenance biatch who just needs things to be happy, I guess. I don't know. All right. um Sad news. You're going to be so bummed out when I tell you this, but we are closing the Patreon. Okay. So if you are currently a Patreon member, you still have, so this is like End of September, beginning of November, as you're listening, the people who are currently members still get three more months of uh, like mini episodes is what they got, Um, but we're not allowing any more new members in. That's because after December, all of Patreon is actually going to be closing down. So we have a couple more marketing topics that we're going to be talking about and a couple more business practice topics that we're going to be talking about through the end of December, but then it's all going away. Nobody's getting anything. Um, After that, we're going to have some other different ways that startups can work with us or some like mini marketing course that's coming down the pipeline. But yeah, sad news if you were like, oh yeah, I should really get around to that Patreon thing. You lost your opportunity. I'm so sorry. Um, I will talk in a different episode why we're shifting away from Patreon um, and into a different way to work with people, but now's not the time because I want to get to this episode because it's so good. Okay. Let's talk about Tom. So Dr. Tom is one of Europe's most exciting and dynamic chiropractors with a purpose to inspire, educate, and serve. He does this through his busy full-time practice, as well as through his other businesses as a sought after entrepreneur. He is the co-host of the Aligned Podcast and founder of Adjusting Skills and Certainty, a coach and mentor to a variety of professionals looking to better themselves and their business, a regular guest expert on radio, an international and TEDx speaker and property investor. It is his mission to inspire over a billion people to chiropractic care. Well, that's a pretty impressive um, mission. Over a billion, not a million, a billion. Do we think he's keeping track and where is he at? I didn't ask that question um, because I would love to know if that's just like a statement or if he's like keeping track. There's no way he can keep track. You can't keep track because like, what's he going to do? Like follow up with me. Like I need to know how many people listen to that episode so I could track. Okay. My brain answered the question. Um, It's really funny. There's this moment towards the end of our interview and I ask him a really ballsy question. Um, I don't want to say it's a ballsy. It's a tough question. It's a... (laughs) It's kind of a jerky question as a host to ask a guest because it's, it's a minefield of an answer. And I laughed and, and he's like, I did not see, he goes, I didn't see this episode going this direction. And I'm like, I know I asked my guest, like, what would you like to talk about? And then I just completely throw it out the window and we talk about what I want to talk about. Apparently I'm the worst. So, uh, let's pray. And oh, I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode take a breath, connect with your heart, ground yourself in what you're doing, whether it's your feet on this earth, your butt in this chair. Thank you God so much for the opportunity to have hard conversations about hard topics. I truly believe that people like Tom will will absolutely bring a billion people to chiropractic care. I believe in that mission he will awaken chiropractors to chiropractic care. I believe that people who are given really hard things to do in life, you just light this fire under them and it's it's um it's palpable. You can like tell when you're talking these people when they're so in alignment with the mission that you've given them. And so everyone listening, please, God continue to move in them and work with them and help them find their own mission. And, and remember, it may not be a billion people. It might be your family. It might be raising children in this moment. It it could be something not as sexy as a billion people. Um, But just remember when you're in alignment people, you give off this vibration and people want to be around it and people are inspired by you. They may be inspired to be a better parent when they are, when their kids, be a better spouse when they're with their spouse, um, pick up a meditation practice, like whatever that is, just know, like continue to look for that in your life and your mission. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Dr. Tom Waller. Enjoy. I stalked you, and so like, yes, yep. your studio setup is very nice. It's very professional.
1: So you kind of I like, got, I can take no credit for that.
0: <laughs> but twice a week, that's a lot.
1: Well, we record once a week. We do two shows. And yeah, we enjoy it. We're good.
0: But yeah, the need for just more and more and more content, like sometimes I feel like, can be. Um, it's I can just... yeah,
1: I, I felt that with the first show because it's like I'm running out of things to say. You know but that's where guests are helpful. <laughs> it kind of breaks it <laughs> <that> up. <Yeah. laughs> and, but it's the same with chiropractic. Like this is what, you know. Ah, oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, <sighs> the mark of a great leader is, is not about coming up with new things all the time. It's about being able to say great things over and over and over again. And I think that's the same with our message with chiropractic. And it's, it's true with when we have a philosophy of something we want to say, there is a limit to it because that's what we believe. But it's saying the same thing, but maybe just slightly different creative ways. And, you're falling the right ears at the right time.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, table talk is. I have my days where I can like tell like, yeah, look at you go, look at you like educating <laughs> on the nerve. And then there are days where I'm just like, how was your weekend? And like I can tell like I don't want no offense to my face but human, I don't actually care, care about their no. weekend either. I'm just being lazy, and yeah. it's it's tough. But yeah, you, where about you? Where are you? I am in. Very small town, northern Wisconsin. So where
1: you... where's Wisconsin?
0: Okay, do you know where Minneapolis is? Yeah. Okay, so I'm two hours northeast of that. I'm like okay. two hours <laughs> south of Canada. So yeah. I I say about a little Canadian. Oh, you do
1: the... sound a little Canadian. Actually, I, you say yeah. About. There's there's, there's a, a little
0: thing. um down. Like I think I think a, a northern Wisconsiners say some weird stuff, but. I don't know. It's not as, as cute of a as an app. Are you accent.
1: going to next week? Nope. 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 I'm out there. I'm speaking. It's not. It's. A, I saw that. The, yeah, Eastern. Yeah.
0: That's not a short flight for you.
1: <laughs> no. My fa- I tell you, my favorite place to work in the world is on a plane. I love it. I love the creativity. I love that, like, no one disturbed me. I'm here. I love it. I love it. So I'm looking I, forward to 10 hours of just you have you have a baby. You is yeah. just one baby, one baby, nine okay, months.
0: okay, got it. So yeah, um loan travel is probably really nice now. I don't get to do much alone travel, um, yeah. but honestly, most of the time when I am, I get upgraded to Delta Comfort or first class, and they're like, yeah. "Would you like something to drink?" And I'm like, "I do. I was gonna drink water, but I'll take that <laughs> free champagne." So I get a lot yeah. done in the lounge. and then by the time I'm on the plane, I'm like, oh, I can watch a movie, but yeah. So discipline is a tough one, but you going down the rabbit hole of your Instagram, you seem extremely disciplined. Have you uh,
1: always yeah, been that my, way? Uh, yes. It's a long pause. In a rebellious way, yeah. Yes, in a rebellious way, yeah. Okay, so well. Discipline, people think discipline straight laced. Yeah, you know, and I, I think back and I have always been disciplined. Yes, I've always been disciplined but not with the same productivity outcome as 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 now
0: so do you feel like you were putting more effort in to that discipline than you are now and getting less results is that what you're saying
1: yeah, 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 100%, yeah. okay more, more trying to be something else I think probably at the start and then now it's just it's, just, it's me was that you it, earlier or are we
0: talking like you earlier in your
1: career or like you in high school both both yeah, yeah, early in career, yeah, yeah.
0: So earlier in your career, what were you putting so much effort and discipline into trying to be?
1: Trying to be the doctor. Like, it was like Jekyll and Hyde, you know, like, okay. he's the doctor who turns up today and looks after you, and then he's the dickhead on the weekend. Like, that's mm. that's essentially what it was. And then I think I think we all do that. I think we all do. I think a lot of chiropros are very, very guilty of being one thing here and another thing there. And that's something I really work hard to help chiropractors with because it, it's it's a glaring incongruency that is so rife within the world but it, it's rife within our profession and it shouldn't be uh but i would say yeah that it's this kid who's trying to figure himself out and that kid could be 30 40 50 years old and then this person trying to be a professional when actually somewhere in the middle is the person that they're meant to be and they just need to take the masks off and t- show up as themselves every day
0: so being authentic is like just being yeah. who you, but that's hard when you're 24. Like, I graduated chiropractic you, you, you school at 24. 24. Yeah. Like, you, just,
1: you don't know. You, you, can't, you, can't be, you can be authentic, but you're not, you're still working yourself out. Mm-hmm. But we've got chiropractors
0: graduating
1: at oh, yeah, yeah, 24. Oh, yeah. I graduated that age. Yeah. 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 So, uh, like,
0: so what would you, what would authentic Tom have looked like back then if you were, because I, I completely agree. Um, I, did you, Associate at all, or did you start up? Yeah, right I did away for a while. Yeah, okay. And
1: I think that that my answer would be to associate or um mentor. And I don't think it, I don't think an authentic Tom would ever have existed at twenty four.
0: So I moving to a really small town didn't have. I mean, I think back though. Oh my gosh, these bunch of idiots. Uh, so town of like 8, and 10 It was my husband's hometown. Uh, we moved here because my hometown, which was three hours away had plenty of female pediatric chiropractors, nervous system-based chiropractors, like, and it's not that I like didn't want to have competition, but like, I looked at this town that really just had a bunch of old school come when it hurts, um, male forties to sixties. And I'm like, well, this is a budding opportunity over here. So we went there and I didn't want to start my own practice, uh, which is funny because like God absolutely had to have been protecting, just being like, girl, you need to, you're just, you know, you air quotes here, know it all. You need to like unlearn, you know, otherwise um, it, it would have been just a little bit of like, I could do it better. I could do it better until I learned how hard it was. But I approached all of them. And I was like, they could have given me the worst associate contract ever. And I would have been like, sure, 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 sure. And they were all just afraid, I think, of this new energy and like what they were going to do with it. I'm like, all right, well, shoot, I guess I have to start a practice. And then I buried them. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But so I was 24. Like, and newly twenty four, I turned twenty four in September. Graduated in December, and I, I didn't feel like I had any other choice but to be the pretend doctor.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, and I think you do it. I think you do it at that age. You do like, but that's part of figuring yourself out. It's 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 funny though, isn't it? Because the profession over here in the UK, when I was graduating, most people who were studying were second career people. Most of them hadn't, hadn't gone straight from school to, to chiropractic. They'd gone through another career, found chiropractic, and then become a chiropractor. So they had that life experience. It's a very different game. Now. It's really interesting taking on associates and um, just looking for the quality in there. Is It's tough. But, yeah, there's some element of vulnerability that's needed. But then when you're trying to lead someone with their care, they're not looking for you to be vulnerable. They're looking for you to be certain. So it is, it, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. It's really good.
0: Yeah. And, like, your... I mean just down to the most microscopic aspect of being a chiropractor you aren't certain like I remember you know I the school I went to god bless their hearts um was not a, I had I had <laughs> like some that? learning to do <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. um and uh but we they boasted like we had some of the highest numbers of adjusting required for graduation and I think it was like 250 like so even down to the most microscopic level of being a chiropractor, of like getting a thoracic adjustment to do what you want it to do. There was this moment where I'm like, oh God, Betty, I hope this works. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so you're like, all right, you need me to be certain. And I am not certain because the only thing that really gives that certainty and trust that I can be authentic and that is acceptable is time and so really it's just figuring out what's the fastest way to short circuit that of like you're going to be uncertain you're going to have to pretend to be uncertain or you're going to have to pretend to be certain and it's just like short circuiting that for them so i'm assuming you've had a lot of associates
1: uh, not a lot but we've had a few and I, I, I more coaching people than than associates but um it's it's funny as you talk them thinking like you said certainty and then uncertain. And I think to be a really great chiropractor, you have to be certain in the uncertain, Because chiropractic is like Uber. Like we, we own, a, we own a, a philosophy, a way of working with people, but we don't actually do anything. Because the only person who gets the person well in front of you is themselves. So we, when we come out of college and we're educated and we're trying to be this doctor and we're saying we can fix people, it's not true. Mm-hmm. All we can do is put a force And of that being a universal force, which is destructive by nature into a human body. And then that human body takes that process constructively to heal itself. So until a chiropractor really gets their head around that and can trust the process, they they can't really be authentic with what they're doing. So we try and become really certain in our adjustment and it's going to go every time and I'm going to make this cavitate and I'm going to fix them. It's Mm -hmm. the wrong angle. And there's a huge thing in chiropractic now about like becoming the best adjuster and making this thing go. Yeah. And like, let's do two occiputs on this person instead of one. I'm like, well, that's how you fuck up the mouth of God. Like, come on. So I think the certainty needs to come in understanding what we're doing. A deeper level of that is really the certainty and understanding who you are. Uh, and I think working on that first, figuring out who you are, how you show up. Uh, are you Are you being who you're meant to be? Are you looking in the mirror every morning being proud of who's looking back at you? And when you own that, then you have the right to be a leader. And a leader is someone who takes care of somebody and leads by example. So there's a lot to unpack in there. But I think chiropractic needs a kick up the ass. I, I think the profession needs a, a realization. Like if you're talking about true chiropractic and the essence of chiropractic the, is a philosophy, science and art of things natural, that's chiropractic. So if you're not living a philosophy, science and art of things natural kind of life, then how can you possibly be a leader, a teacher, a doctor in, in the profession? Oh, so that's to hard. It's okay. hard to hear, but it's true. It's hard, like you know, you say you say I'm a disciplined man, but it, it's 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 through a trial of fire. Uh, and I've touched the void with it, and we can get into that story. But if we're looking at a world now that is it is really coming to a point where we either go under or we come above. You know, with the, with the way that we are being controlled, mandated the way that AI may take over. Like, if if there is one profession that can actually oppose that, it is a profession that has a philosophy, science, and art of things natural. I happen to know a profession that has a philosophy, science, and art of things natural, and it's called chiropractic. And you can... There's only one way to lead people. There's only one way to lead your community. and 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 true leadership comes from setting the example.
0: A lot of chiropractors would say I didn't sign up for that. And so, like, I feel... I mean, especially where i'm located i'm very close to my alma mater and um you would think i have no problem finding principled associates but i find a lot of physical therapists and and they they would go like that's not that's not my chiropractic i didn't sign up for that that's not my responsibility and i don't i literally i don't know what to say to that because sometimes the burden is really heavy. I am a principled chiropractor. Well, I don't know. I don't like I don't like saying that because then it's like it makes it feel like the people who I just called physical therapists are not principled. And I'm sure they have their own principles, yes. like whatever. So um, but I go like that. I went into this to like help colic and help avoid C-sections. And now, so now in in addition. Because like I became, you know, I really was drawn to, I was like before chiropractic school, I was like, I'm going to be an OB. No, I'm going to be a pediatrician. No, I'm going to be an OB. And then um, kind of had that moment where someone explained chiropractic and I was like, oh shit, I can help both. And uh, so really went into that prenatal pediatric chiropractic world. And I mean, I love seeing all families and stuff like that, but I knew really early on, oh, man, I better have a really good birth. Like I, of course, no woman wants to have a not good birth. But I was like, "Ooh, I better walk the walk. Because, you know, I was still, and I had babies very early. So still like discovering myself and going like, oh, shoot. Okay, if chiropractic works, I better have a great birth. And like, Thank God I got great hips and great genetics and did as many things that were in my control uh, to the best that I could. And I did have great births. And then I was like, oh, better breastfeed, better breastfeed as long as possible. And like, better do that because that, oh, and your kid can't have colic because if chiropractic works, you can't have colic. And so I was already carrying a lot of that like weight. I was going to say burden, but not burden. It was just more that like stress that like society is going to judge chiropractic's, not efficiency, but like, and not worth, but like whether chiropractic works or not based on what they see me being an example of. So like, if Mm -hmm. I am a healthy mom, I did the thing, look at my kids. They've never had a shot or Tylenol. Like, where's my Girl Scout badge for that? And now it's like, oh, shit, now I also have to wake up at 5 a.m. and do CrossFit and like eat organ meats. And like, I I didn't sign up for all of that, Tom. Like, can I just have a bit?
1: You can, but it's choosing who you lead and and that's who you're leading. It's funny, like you say people judge us on that, but chiropractic talks about limitations of matter. So chiropractic can't help every woman have a natural birth you know, because there will be some women who have limitations of the matter, mm-hmm. which will affect how the birth happens. But if you understand that, that, that entity of chiropractic, if you really understand that, you can still sit there in your conviction and go, you know, this person may need intervention, but chiropractic is still going to help them function at their best. And chiropractic works with the natural laws of the world. And where medicine's actually quite good is in that younger years and saving lives that in the natural world, because of the limitations of matter, would have been lost. Mm -hmm. So I think we can stand strong in our convictions, and and I think the real hard burden that that we face as chiropractors is if we choose to say that we can help and save everyone. You know, one of the best talks I ever gave, and I I really enjoyed it, I went to deliver a talk to a funeral directors. So this huge funeral directors in our county, and um, all the bosses around that place were there. And I opened the talk by saying, my job is to put you out of business. Pretty difficult to put a funeral director out of business because everyone dies sometimes <laughs> mm-hmm. But we sometimes take this crusade of chiropractic further than we, than we than is true. But if we really own the essence that if your body is working right, it will look after itself. But there are limitations of matter, and you that's ha- what we that's that's what we work with.
0: You have such a peace with uncertainty, mm-hmm. and in my. Stalking. I saw that your favorite book is *The Obstacle Is the Way*. Mm -hmm. So, what found you first, Stoic philosophy? Because I, what I heard is that you did not learn chiropractic principles in chiropractic
1: school. Far from it. Quite the opposite. Yeah, Yeah,
0: me too. Um, So, what found you first, Stoic philosophy or chiropractic philosophy?
1: Chiropractic philosophy.
0: Okay. How did you? What did you have to do? What was the work look like? What did that look like for you? Where were you in practice?
1: I I I graduated and I was like I was like the puppet on a string. I was head of the student board and stuff. Like I was I was that dick who like was the the puppet on the string for the teachers. <laughs> and I graduated. I went to work in the Carrick office and like all this science. And I'm I'm just I'm just I'm I'm not a smart guy. Um, and all this science is being touted and people are. But then we're talking about actually chiropractic in the UK is back pain and neck pain but then we're getting these amazing results I'm like this is complete dichotomy going on so I just went down the rabbit hole of um watching YouTube listening to old recordings and that just made I suppose it made sense I think that's what most chiropractors say when they figure out the philosophy when they really figure it out it just makes sense so I just found my way down that rabbit hole and then ended up chasing the rabbit and now I know it's it's who I am it's probably who I've always been but I needed some way to quantify that.
0: Do you why do you think that we have really gotten so far away from teaching the principals in school? Because obviously there are some schools that are great. But how have we gotten mm. to this place? Is it do you think it's insurance has dictated it? Like
1: but I think that would be the start. I th- I think that you know the most, everyone quotes the Mercedes 80s as, as as being somewhere where it would have started it. There are a lot of chiropractors who work very soundly who who still use insurance a couple of the clients that i coach in the states use insurance a lot but still a very sound philosophy ego i would say is 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 it ego ego pool the people who sit on the boards (laughs) the people who sit on the boards like in the uk it's probably similar over there but the same people sit at the top of the institutions who then go and run the schools who then go on to the governing body just this this incestuous circulation of the same people at the top uh just ego and educated mind so
0: explain more what you mean by the ego so why do you feel that the ego is keeping them in this musculoskeletal
1: realm because they first. want to be recognized they want to be liked. they want to be and, and, and i think, uh, just them. I think the, ego, the, the, the ego mm-hmm. is a huge limiter on everybody's life like whatever you're trying to do like mm-hmm. if you want to do something great you have to drop the ego because the ego is always looking for recognition and there's nothing wrong with recognition. I love recognition, but it's always looking for somebody else's form of validation. Mm-hmm. And therefore you bend what you do to meet that validation. And I think people, you know, it's just got in this way that they they, they want to be part of the medical profession respected in the community. And, it, and And the way to do that is to become part of that institution. And like you say, people, you know, it's not what I signed up for, but, chiropractic is like rugby like there is a pitch and there are a set of rules and if you choose to go on the pitch and play the rules you're playing chiropractic now you could be a, a a wing forward you could be a center you could be a lock you could be a prop in essence you could practice chiropractic within this field and under these rules but you could be a pediatric chiropractor a sports chiropractor take care of families like you can practice all those different positions within the same rules But as soon as you start saying, well, we could bring a little bit of medication here or we're going to treat symptoms, then actually maybe you're standing over on the soccer pitch instead. And actually you're playing a different game. So that's cool. I don't like soccer. You can go and play that if you want. But we're playing rugby over here. Just choose which pitch you want to be on. And and, and then you can thrive. You could be the best soccer player in the world, but it's not rugby. You could be the best physical therapist in the world, but it's not chiropractic. And I think we just have to be certain with that. And I think we're just slowly letting that go.
0: So if you were talking to a chiropractor who was playing physical therapy, they're playing soccer, you're playing rugby. Like, is your, what you're saying to them is like, don't call what you're doing chiropractic. Just admit that it's physical
1: therapy. Depends what that person is. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're new and they don't know, like Socratically ask them what they're doing. You know, what are you doing? Why is that getting the result that you think? Why are you seeing change? Why are you choosing to do that? It's. I think this is the two. The difference between the two professions, uh, between true chiropractic and and, and allopathy, is um, the difference between asking the question what and why. We ask ourselves what what is going on. We're going to come to some kind of diagnosis, and then for we're going to try some treatment to help that. If we ask why this is going on, we start to look at the, the human body, and start to allow it to work as it should do. So I would, you know, if that person was there, I'd Socratically speak to them if that person is is really in their ways and that's what they want to do, I just say, come on, go and play on the other pitch. Maybe not with those words.
0: <laughs> so um, you had said, you know, you talked about ego, the need to want to be like, and like, I completely agree with that chiropractic, you know, I've only been in it since 2007. So <laughs> I've only gotten to see this limited part. Um, it's not like I was in seventh grade and like observing what the chiropractic profession was doing. Um, But it does seem like there's a big chip on the shoulder of, and I don't know if it's because, you know, um, I don't know what philosophy this is, but like, basically it's the principle that you give an employee a benefit and then you take it away and you're much you're in a much worse situation than if they would have never had it right like just the idea you give a kid a toy and take it away they're much more pissed than if you never gave them that and so i i'm curious if the mercedes 80s where chiropractors got to feel whether consciously or subconsciously they realized they were experiencing this uh, they got to feel validated insurance is giving me money and recognizing that like I did hard work and I am worth something. And then insurance went, "Nah. Nah, we're going to we're going to make this a lot harder." And we still have just the like you said, we still have those chiropractors that got to be a part of those 80s and early 90s. Those are the people on the board right now. And so it would make sense that their egos, their chip on the shoulder is trying to get back to this place that you and I, well, when did you graduate? You look young. But uh, maybe, 10. Oh, okay. See? Yeah. So like the people who are running those boards and the schools and whatever, what have you, they got to experience taking away the toy. And Their pursuit is to get back into that place where there was air quotes respect and validation of the profession. Whereas our generation, us millennials, are like, well, that sounds nice. Um, You're Mercedes, cool. Uh, I haven't experienced that. So I don't really feel the need to come back to that. So it'll be very interesting as we start to take over, like what kind of differences, you know, you're start. starting to see it. Like the stages are no longer like back when we graduated, the stages were all just different people, you know, not different sure. people, the same sure. person. And now you see it, you see this diversity of gender of thought, you know, people talking about getting rid of the ego and like just calling light to um, some of the shame that's within chiropractic, and just bringing up some subjects that are brand new to stages and podcasts and social media. And I, what kind of changes do you think we're going to see happen with the profession as millennials become more universal?
1: I think there's a danger of us becoming a little bit of a fairy society, if I'm honest. Like I'm going a to fairy say society. It. Like, I think we just. I think there is a softness to it. That's too soft, if, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm honest. No, oh, I love that. Um, I think if, if if we really are to, to step up as a profession and really, and really thrive, that validation first must come from within. And I, it, it, it must do. So instead of wanting insurance to validate what you do, instead of wanting your regulation to validate what you do, instead of wanting your patients to validate mm-hmm. what you do, you need to validate what you do. I can't remember who said it, but I think it's brilliant. They said, would you listen to you? Would you take your advice? And this is something that I ask, uh, a lot, of, when it's, a lot of times when I get on the stage and, and speak to people, like, would you take your advice? And we, like, it's gut-wrenching. And we're in this society where we're not allowed to call, like, a lemon a lemon. Like, we just can't do it. Like, it's a kind of off shade of something else that's kind of puts a sting in your mouth. I don't know. Like, you just can't tell it how it is, and that really bugs me. And I, I, I worry that I think it's brilliant. You know what I think? what I, The best trend that I see changing on the stages in chiropractic is the equal men and women. I love that because I remember when, when we first graduated, there may have been one female on the stage Mm -hmm. and that was, that was extraordinary. So it's really nice to see that change. There's a lot of focus on, on, on really owning technique, which I think is good, but there needs to be a deeper certainty understanding of why behind that and just being true, being true to what we do and our principles, like being true. What will that
0: look like in the schools? Like, do you, Do you think that, because you said you see a softness, but like, Mm -hmm. so, okay, so there's kind of two softnesses. Softnesses. Um, So one is that feminine energy that is like showing up literally with a vagina. But also I think we see, I think the poor millennial male, well, all males are looking to, you know, Gen X and going like, that seems not balanced. <laughs> like that doesn't mm-hmm. seem like, you know, so I think we have a lot of millennial ma- males going like embracing that feminine energy into work-life balance. Like the whole, fra- like, I don't think women are the only ones pursuing work-life balance anymore. Would you agree?
1: I would agree. Okay.
0: Okay. So we have that softness where we're like, yay, that's good. But I don't think that's what you meant. When you said the word softness, um, were you meaning on un- this? I think
1: it's the ant- the antithesis of a leader, like the antithesis of a leader, like the softness is not leading by example. The softness is saying, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Like it's not okay. Like, <laughs> And you know, and I, let's not get started on Gen X because
0: I love to talk about Gen Z more. I'm, I like, I love Gen X, and I'm like, yes, thank you so much. Are you done yet? I, I usually am more looking at like Gen Z behind us, going like, do you guys know that like you do need to make more than nine hundred dollars a month, and you can't just live in a van forever. Like, I love the idea, but you know, isn't that what every generation is? Is like looking and going like, whoa. You are taking yourself way too seriously. You need yeah. to like love life a little bit. But then the pr- older generation going like, you need to work a little harder, just just a little mm. bit. it it's
1: true. And that, like we talked about discipline earlier, like I, discipline is freedom. Like it, it is freedom. So I get up early. I've got my gym done. I feel like I'm 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 ahead of the game. I've got some work done. And then after this podcast, now I have the entire evening with my family. I have a weekend free with my family. Like I've done the work, like and I now have the freedom. Whereas if you're not disciplined, you then have a perpetual guilt that you're you're behind on what you're doing, you're not achieving what you should do, you're you're not living up to the expectations. And I think I think if if we can cultivate some more discipline, if people can fail their exams, if they could be taught how to truly adjust in the college, as well as be allowed to learn how to adjust outside, which is something they're not allowed to do here, if people could be taught true philosophy and and like if they don't subscribe to it, then maybe they need to find another course, but really like be proud of what we do, like really own it. Yes, we do get great results. Mm-hmm. We really own what chiropractic is at its, at its, at its essence. And that's, a, that's, that has the potential to really change the world. Do you follow Jordan Peterson much? I don't. Okay. You, truth, I've got a book on this. I think, but I so know.
0: So, okay, so I looked up this quote. It's not from Jordan Peterson. So, mind the like ADHD loop here. I will come back to it. So, uh, I looked it up because I knew I would mess it up. But the quote that's been going around a lot, uh, or I've been seeing a lot, is hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. And so, I've seen a lot of people talking about like, or I forget where like millennials are in that, but like, we're basically going into bad times, but then the bad times will create the hard. So like basically our grandkids or our great grandkids will kind of like get back on this discipline, discipline loop. So that's that like theory. And I'm like, well, shit that, so you mean it's not going to happen in like three years? (laughs) Like, Oh, we're talking decades. But you know, you talked about how we're in this era where you can't call a lemon a lemon. And I'm going to say the words and I do want to say that I don't mean to be setting a landmine of a a question for you being a male to answer it. But like, I think it's a really good conversation. And Jordan Peterson talks a lot about like the attack on males. That's like a a lot about what he talks about. So we've kind of come in and been like, no, it's okay to not push yourself. Like that is contributing to burnout and adrenal fatigue. And like, it's okay to, you know, listen to your body. And if you wake up one day, and you don't feel like going to the gym, go inward and be like, maybe your body just needs rest. And like, I feel like if I had a completely different guest on, they, and we were talking about burnout, and I'm just going to say it. This guest who would be saying this is probably a female talking about how we've, you know, just gotten so disconnected from this and we need to allow more of this softness. And I'm not talking feminine energy that the good softness I'm talking about, they would never say it's a lack of discipline, but like, we've just been driving too hard. And then you've got, so we have that. And then we're like, no masculine energy, whether you're coming from a male or a female, like that is toxic. You're toxic. Like the amount of times that we've called, we've labeled this over the last Four years, really? I mean, it's been real hardcore over the last four years of labeling that energy, whether it's coming from a male or a female that has this toxic masculine energy. And now we're like, oh shit, we're kind of getting weak and soft. And we're like, and I don't know, like, I don't know what we do with that. Like, what is the balance? Like, what a part. Here's the question in your mind what part of the male masculine energy actually is toxic and needs to be let go of because i see the feminine like i i already labeled like what part of the feminine needs to let go of like, yes, I do think we need to learn to go inward and s- listen to our body. What does our body need? Not what does our ego want? And I think that's what the feminine en- or not ego, but like, what does our body want versus need? I think that's part of what need. we need to go like, Oh, hold on. No, no, no. The question is, is what do I want? It's what do I need? So we need to let go of that part of feminine, but what needs to, what's the toxic part of the masculine energy that we actually need to let go of? Cause it's not
1: discipline. I did not see this going this way. Sorry. So I told you. I <laughs> I, I, I asked my
0: guests, like, what do you want to talk about? And then I'm like, what do you? What options. do you order?
1: Yeah. Um, there is Ready? no such thing as toxic masculinity. There is no such thing as toxic masculinity. There are toxic men, and there are masculine men. There is no such thing as toxic masculinity. Uh, and this is, uh, you know, put a tinfoil hat on, so it's a deliberate play. Men are meant to be masculine and women are meant to be feminine. And we're not even allowed to say that anymore. And that's Mm -hmm. just how it's meant to be. Women in groups come together, talk about things, uh, discuss and have commune. And that's how they solve problems. And that's how they pause, they rest, they digest their information uh, and they learn. Men, when, when times are stressful, they take ownership, they go solo and they lead. And that's just how we are. If if you're in a relationship, man and woman relationship, you'll see this. You'll see when you're in times of stress, one of the biggest things that causes friction in couples is the fact that the woman wants to talk about the problem and the man wants to run away from the problem. And we never meet. And there needs to be a bit of both because we cohabit. But there needs to be an understanding of individuality and on what we truly are. Toxic men are men who do not make up their own mind, do not speak their own truth, do not live up to their full potential. A masculine man is someone who leads by example, sets a standard and helps his community. Mm -hmm. And that's what a chiropractor should be. But on the flip of that, a feminine female is someone who cares for their community, loves on their community and gives to their community. And we need that too. So the the problem is, is this becomes such an emotive topic, especially over the last few years. it's, It's completely insane that we then can't talk about it. It's the same as, you know, Vaccines, you can't even talk about vaccines because it's so emotive to people. Mm -hmm. And they whoever's it be have been so good at creating such emotion around these that we then just don't talk about. And then this little voice tells us what we should and should be doing. So I think what needs to happen is men need to regain their masculinity. And if I had to pinpoint that into one thing, it'd be leadership. And leadership is an example. It doesn't mean you have to be the guy who lifts all the heavy weights in the gym. It doesn't mean you have to be the guy who works from five in the morning till ten at night. You just have to lead the example of what you believe to be true and and in, in your life and take ownership and responsibility for what it is that you do.
0: So it can be different for every male, yeah. their version of leadership. Yeah. Can it be different for every male chiropractor? Or do you now, because you're a chiropractor, need to be a
1: leader in health? You need to be a leader in philosophy, science, and art of things natural.
0: So I think this is where I I agree with everything you said, by the way, and um, go down the Jordan Peter, like, what you're saying is like, exactly, you know, what Jordan Peterson gets on stages and just gets so much hate for, but like, also so much truth and wisdom. Um, So I, my theory is why we see so many women burning out in chiropractic is because of the amount of masculine energy that is just required to run a business. Um, you know, you, you need to be a leader and like, you have to, you know, and just the masculine energy is getting shit done. It's timelines, it's showing up, it's discipline. And if you, if you, if it's your name on the door, like you better do it. And so I think that that's where the struggle is. Um, and I know we're not allowed to talk. Like you know, we can do anything. We can have it all. <laughs> oh my gosh, I saw a clip. Um, do you know who Michelle Wolf is? She's a comedian. Got a really high pitched voice. She was. I saw this clip where she was talking about how she doesn't want to have kids, and she wants a career, and how society is just like, you can have it all, and she goes who said having it all is a good thing? Have you ever gone to an all you can eat buffet and felt good about yourself afterwards? And I was like,
1: that's (laughs) really
0: funny because that's what, um, you know, women have been told for a very short amount of time, honestly. Like my mother-in-law and I got into a conversation because she was like the bra burning, like we fought for women's rights. And now I'm like, I know, but it's kind of exhausting to have
1: it all. Yeah, and it's, but I think like our generation, like millennials, are um, guilty of bringing this entrepreneurial hustle culture, which has probably created some of that. And humans are pack animals; we're meant to work as a community. So you can have it all, so long as you have a good community around you and you and you work with that. A lot of a lot of chiropractors are not willing to invest in getting the right people around them to help them grow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether that's CA, whether that's back office staff, whether that's a coach, like an accountant, like people, people are just you you need to build that team if you really are gonna thrive and grow and stay in your lane of genius. It's you know, it's true. Like my office wouldn't run if I didn't have someone to help do the back, back end stuff because my lane of genius is not taking admin tasks to the completion. Mm-hmm. But you 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 need you need to create that team around you and you can have what you want, which essentially is you can have it all. But you have to define your all, and how you're going to get there.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I completely agree. Of like, you can have it all with you can with community. Like mm-hmm. you know, we kind of are not that far from generations where like the mother, the grandmother, I guess I should say, lived with the. The family, where you know, took care of helped with cleaning and cooking and having babies or not having babies, grandma, you're done having babies, uh, but caring for the baby. <laughs> right, please stop having, <laughs> but like the idea of community of like, yes, community in chiropractic. Like, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe you are at a period in your life where being an associate and having the community within the office is what you need maybe if you're you know or if you are in that phase where you're going and opening your practice like not doing it alone investing in having someone a a mentor that you can turn to but like also everywhere else in life of
1: like yeah i think you know what i think that when you say that like a lot of chiropractors are not more successful if they if they chose to just be associates agreed
0: i'm hoping that this is going to rectify itself. I think millennials fuck yeah. this up. I, I, I'm i raising yeah. the hand and saying, we did this. We said, like, we carried that chip on our shoulder that, like, why would you go to chiropractic school to work for someone else? Like,
1: I didn't necessarily sign up to no. be a small business owner. And not not everyone's, like, I, and, and the more people I coach and I coach in business inside and outside of chiropractic, like, there are a lot of people who want to be, but they, they're just not, it's just not them. It's not their genius. It's not their genius. And they're going to keep struggling, and struggling, and struggling. Whereas they'd be far better off uh, being an associate or joining a um, like a franchise, mm-hmm. a good franchise, not a shit one. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but
0: but then we have to us business owners have to start taking care of them.
1: Yep. Yeah. and I'm like, here if anybody wants that.
0: Right. Me too. <laughs> Would you like? <laughs> Both of us You're looking will for a take good franchise opportunity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but it's true like it's and and yeah and again that's ego that's ego
0: oh say more where do you what do you mean wanting to have your own thing oh yes i thought you were talking about from like the owner not taking care of associates but yes needing your yeah, own thing yeah but
1: that's also true that's also true like one of the reasons people don't associate is because they go into awful associate positions where the the the, the person running the business has the ego sees themselves as better as the people working for them uh, and I would choose to use the words working with, and and that lack of respect, that lack of uh, understanding, because this guy's got an ego. They move on. Mm-hmm. Richard Branson, I love the saying. He says, he says, train people so well that they they can leave, but treat them so well that they want to stay. And I think that's what we do with everyone in our businesses, is to, is to try and try and do that for them.
0: Yeah, I think that um, you know. There are so many So, if we think like just within chiropractic, you know, when you start talking about like freedom and wealth, and like I feel like those conversations have really been uh, gate kept. (laughs) If I could have
1: a half hour conversation with an associate, I will show them how they can have way more wealth and way more freedom than someone who owns their own practice. Will you
0: say more on that? Because, like, that's definitely a topic that, like,
1: because they take home so much. I don't know about where you are, but their potential. To take home coin is huge, and if they were wise with how they took it home and how they invested it, then they would be in such so without any responsibility, they could run a prank like they could w- work with their patients and they could take home a huge chunk of money. If they're sensible, I don't know it's slightly different taxings over there, but if they set themselves up as an independent business, they could take that money, they pay themselves minimum uh, salary, dividends, uh, expenses set up a sub company, reinvest into whatever they choose to do, whether it be property, whether it's crypto, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they could set up these streams of income coming off that uh, and literally have no responsibility.
0: Yeah. I think we have glorified being the CEO. Like it, yeah. it, if, if you have, there's such a small percentage of people that Stephen Franson talks about like it's like somewhere between four to 8%, I forget what he quoted, actually enjoys the beating that is running a business. And and like, and you know, they're insane because then they go and start multiple, right? Like It's like, oh, and it's always funny because like we have, I I don't know, it's either four or five um, businesses. And it always seems like, I don't know what the moon is doing or whatever, but they all like decide to have their shit week on the same week. And you're like, yeah, you're like, Oh, okay. Of of course the bank called about that. And of course that short-term rental needs that. Oh, mm -hmm. oh, and your office manager quit. Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Um, But we just keep doing it. And I think it's so glorified and it's the ego and the validation of like, just seeking of like, okay, am I a real chiropractor? Am I a real chiropractor? Because a real chiropractor owns their own. And it's like, no, can we stop saying that? Like we got to stop. Ve- it's
1: very different. Like if you like, if you truly run a business and you run it effectively, you don't get a deal. You don't get a holiday. Mm-hmm. Like you work every day and it takes a certain kind of person who actually enjoys that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like, I love it. People say to, say to me, why don't you take a break? And why don't you just, just like my wife is, is a true business woman as well, like myself. Uh, and we have a nine week old baby and everyone's like, just, just, just take it easy. Relax. It's like, my form of relaxing is working. Like it's like, it's different. I heard Alex Hormozzi who was interviewed and like, what do you like to do in your spare time? He's like, I like, to, I like business. I like to do business. So me and my wife, we do business. That's like me and Sarah, but it takes a certain kind of person. Whereas this whole and you talked about balance earlier, this this idea that we want to create this amazing work-life balance and it just doesn't it doesn't actually exist. Like you choose you choose what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you you are in that perpetual frustration or anxiety that that this isn't working or I'm not over there and when I'm here and it just builds up and up and up. So that you're right, there are very few people who really are cut out to do it.
0: Do you think it's unfair that so people like us, us crazy crazy assholes over here. Um, you know, we put out this message of like if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life and like half of the battle is showing up like you know, all those like, yeah, go get them. Um and let's just say that 8%. We'll go with the higher. It's a 8% of the population actually this is their work-life balance of like, yes, I fly first class and I drink champagne while sending emails because that's awesome. I get so much work done. And so we're like out there on stages and on social media and like being like, this is this is success. This is what I'm doing. Or I shouldn't say success because that's like, but, uh, and then we've got 92% of the population looking and thinking that that's, that's, The what they're supposed to do, but it doesn't fit. It's like a square peg in a round hole.
1: Yeah. And it's not, it's not, it's not this fantasy that people see. It's not like maybe there are some people who've got that fantasy, but it's not true. Like my wife always says, Sarah always says to me, like, you should just be a little bit more real on your social media because I tend to put up like the highlight stuff and the gym Mm -hmm. is pretty much what they put up. But like, you know, I'll fly to the States on Wednesday, back on Monday. I won't see my family. The next weekend I'm away again. The following weekend I'm away again. You know, I just changed my hours, but my like I it's 14 hour day. Sophie's not up, like my daughter's not up for 14 hours in a day, so I don't see her. You know, and it, it it's hard because part of society tells me I should be the other way and should be doing other things, but that's not who I like. That's not who I am. Mm-hmm. But it's like yes, you can taste the finer things if you work harder, I believe. But define your fine. Like is the finer things in life just. Getting a chippy takeout and sitting in a field and just chilling out—that's mm-hmm. not—that's that, that's not what I enjoy. But it might be for some people. I mean, that
0: sounds amazing, also. But like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> or, or is it like working hard, enjoying a fantastic holiday? Holiday because you are still doing some work. Like, it's just—I just—I just think we just. I suppose it, there's a lot of highlighting the best things in people's lives. There's comparison. There's not owning or knowing yourself. Uh, fear of not having what other people have and it just again it comes back down to like fear really-
0: of not having what other people have. Yeah. That is that's a different spin on FOMO that I've never heard and is like, "Oh, that just like hit me. Just like hit me right in the chest when you said that." I feel that it does come back to ego though for we're just going to keep using this false stat of 92% of people. Um, Cuz I pulled it out of my ass. <laughs> I have a memory of somebody saying a number once, um, but so okay. So we have this chiropractor who went to school. They're in practice. They started a business, and they're like, "This isn't this isn't what I thought it was. I didn't think I thought I would like this, and I don't. Why don't we have? Well, okay, I know why we don't. It's ego. So how do we ease the path? What's your recommendation for someone? To ease the path through their ego back into associating. or shit, if they're like, i don't I don't like what you're this chiropractic. I want to go give injections and antibiotic like either way there's an, a large ego that has to overcome because you're like you chase the mountaintop that society told you would make you happy and that's what being a true chiropractor a true entrepreneur true success and freedom will come when you get here and you're there and you hate it but you're too afraid or embarrassed to because in your mind you see it as a step backwards or a setback so how do you if you were coaching someone what would your advice be to ease the path like when they come to that realization
1: what the first thing I do when I'm coaching someone is work out their values, and we spend some time working out the values. The values exercises I take people through is not like I'm honourable or I'm trustworthy. It's like it's what do you enjoy doing? What do you spend your time doing? Where where you know, where are you investing you, your resources? And you figure out really what drives people. And if people can become self aware of that first, and know that that's actually who they are at their core, then you can start to say, well, let's move towards that. Within that, you then need to figure out what, what your gift is. And your gift is your vehicle of how you, how you bring your, your, your values to the world. And maybe a chiropractor, maybe a conversationalist. And then the glue that sticks the two together is integrity and personal integrity. And that's, that's where the work needs to be done. So most of us have an, a level of integrity. You and I decided to be on this call at 8.15 your time, uh, 2.15 my time. And we agreed on it. And because of our level of integrity, we both showed up at, at, that, at that meeting on time. A lot of people do that. But then for themselves, they put their trainers out in the morning and say to themselves, I'm going to get up at six o'clock and run. And they get up at half past six and they don't run. Or they say to themselves, I'm going to tell the truth to my patients today. And they don't. Or they tell themselves, I'm going to eat well this week and they choose not to. And we lack self-integrity. And it's about learning to, to cultivate that. So keeping the little promises to yourself over a period of time where you start to grow and build your own level of integrity, your own level of certainty. Then you become more self-assured and once you become more self-assured and you set these standards and and you hold this integrity to yourself, you then have the confidence to move into whatever it is that you choose to do. But unless you can sit there and say, I own who I am, you're always going to worry about what others think.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. So I think that's a good place to ask my last question, which is like, so how does someone you talk about how you coach like are you accepting people <laughs> like what, what how does someone get more of you in their life tom
1: um so the easiest way is to find me on socials at dr tom waller uh and, and he's going to back-
0: start sharing the lows also the
1: lows. come and watch my woes um <laughs> so at dr tom waller on instagram is where most of it is uh i'm a co-host on an incredible podcast called the aligned podcast uh which is growing rapidly and that's that's uh, a blend of entrepreneurial uh, and entrepreneurship with chiropractic, um, which is brilliant. Me and Lee, and then I have a website which is ascchiro.ascchiro. dot com. Um, I have a group mentorship. We call them the certain ones, uh, but also for for a few people, I do one on one coaching, and uh, and that's that's where I am. If I provide value, people come and see me. If I don't, they carry on being a fair Carry
0: on. Carry on. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for your time. Um, I know, you're extremely busy. And I appreciate it. And um, yeah, I'll have those links and stuff and people go follow Tom and listen to the podcast and get more disciplined. I I
1: really appreciate what you do, Lauren. And um, we'll get you on our show as well. I'd love to have you on our show.
0: Sounds good. Am I allowed to swear on it?
1: Uh, yeah, I swear okay. more than than I did here. Simply.
0: Well, I was kind of disappointed. I didn't want to like embarrass you or anything, but like I was promised that Brits swear. I watch enough reality TV to know, of, and you were very disciplined and no, didn't no, swear. We,
1: we 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 toast with jam and marmalade, and we drink cups of tea with the Queen, and that's all we ever do. <laughs>
0: Uh, you're a bunch of sassy folk. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: All right, She Slayers. uh, Thanks for joining us, Tom. And until next week, bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? Sked has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCAD because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer, don't wait.